Hello boys, Dad here. So many times in my life there's been a moment when I hear something that challenges my faith. And it hasn't always been a sermon, it hasn't been from the Bible, and even from someone or something that claims to be following Jesus. It's part of the complex relationship I have with my faith and the secular world. I often say the church doesn't have a monopoly on doing good. And similarly, I extrapolate that to say that songs, books, and people don't have to be preaching for it to impact our faith. A good example of this comes from Mahatma Gandhi. Go look up his life sometime. It feels like it was taken from the end of a parable just as Jesus was summing things up to the disciples. Gandhi said, It's the action, not the fruit of the action, that's important. You have to do the right thing. It may not be in your power, may not be in your time, that there'll be any fruit. But that doesn't mean you stop doing the right thing. You may never know the results come from your action, but if you do nothing, there will be no result. The Michael Jackson song, Man in the Mirror, really kind of talks to this, I feel. It carries on from being that change you want to see in the world and follows up to last episode's John Mayer, Waiting on the World song. John Mayer kind of provides this commentary on how things are and how everything isn't right. Michael Jackson seems to take this and offer a solution by saying, start with yourself. Think about it. We're all really good at telling each other what they should be doing. Ezra shouldn't be on his phone, on the couch, he should be doing the dishes. Micah should be emptying the dishwasher and Judah should be sweeping the stairs. We're really good at reminding others what they should be doing and not always that good at doing what we should be doing. There's a quote which sums this up nicely that I frequently use, and it goes, We're quick to forgive in ourselves the behaviour we immediately condemn in others. I know I'm guilty of that, and even now I can feel my eyes rolling as someone at work complains on a call about the time of the next one. I've done this many times when I've got to get up at midnight or 2am to attend something, but I forgive that in myself and condemn someone else for doing it. I've always felt the Man in the Mirror song needed an extra verse or a bridge, something that spoke to the transformation that is possible when someone begins to genuinely follow Jesus. Peter, the disciple, James, the brother of Jesus, Zacchaeus and Paul are all great examples of the incredibly drastic and complete change in lifestyle and decisions that can happen as a result of meeting and deciding to follow Jesus. Mum and I could introduce you to dozens and dozens of people we know and you boys would have met who talk about the same thing. They talk about when they turned and began following Jesus, their lives were completely transformed. Some talk about it happening overnight and family and friends and work colleagues immediately recognising something different in them. Others would tell you how over the years they've changed. Certainly, I'm much less judgmental now than when I was younger. I can vividly remember two different occasions having my boss or a work colleague take me aside to talk about the brutal and dismissive manner I was interacting with people, customers in most cases. It's embarrassing now reflecting on this as it didn't reflect any part of the character of Jesus that I claimed to follow even then. Nowadays I think I'm far more gracious, willing to offer mercy instead of the justice that may well be deserved. That's happened over years for me, and not instantly. Certainly those instant transformations happen, and that's part of why I work at the Salvation Army. That's part of what they do with people. There's another quote by Jim Rohn that captures an essence of this. Jim says, You're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. While I don't agree with the entirety of that statement, 
talk to me about it if you want. I do agree with the sentiment behind it, that you will value and pursue the things that your five closest friends value. So mum and I always talk about choosing your friends carefully. An example of that is you know for years I couldn't keep up with Alistair when riding our bikes. I might hang with him for a while, but then just before the top he would accelerate away as I died off. Eventually, with all my riding, because I was spending so much time with him, I found that I could keep up with him in those last few hundred metres and the acceleration. I became like him and his fitness because I spent time with him. What I haven't talked to you about is how for years I aspired to be a leader at work. I knew I had to learn different skills and habits, things that would set me apart from my peers as someone who could manage responsibility, people, and lead in different circumstances, someone who could grow new capabilities in the people who were at work. I only managed to make this happen by finding people who were already doing those things, speaking with them about how and why they took the actions they did. Then I had to start doing those things, even when I wasn't a leader. I had to identify actions that should be taken within the environment at work, then do them when nobody else would. Even now I read books on leadership and listen to podcasts and attend conferences and regularly put all this leadership stuff into my head. I also have one or two people in leadership I admire and spend time with, finding out what they're doing and just bouncing my ideas off them. Eventually this was all recognised in 2004 where I was working I was asked to lead a team. Not long after that I got the job at the Salvation Army in New Zealand where leadership was my sole responsibility. I wasn't completely ready for that and still had plenty to learn, I still do, but again surrounded myself with those couple of people who were good at this. I asked questions, listened to answers and tried to figure out what I could do better. Now I'm at the head of the biggest IT change in the history of the Salvation Army and I didn't even apply for it, they just approached me. It isn't just a change of computer system, rather it's this wholesale change in how they operate and how they're structured, how they even look at IT, where it fits into the leadership structure of the overall army. So it is, I say, if you're not happy with the world, with the way people are treated, with the inequitable distribution of food and money and power, do something. Change how you are, don't just tell others to do something. When you want change at school or at work or at home, be that change. Model how things could be and don't simply demand others change, even if they're the leader or the person responsible for making things happen. Start with yourself. Jesus captured this at the end of the parable of the Good Samaritan. You can read it in Luke chapter 10 starting at verse 37 if you're interested. He finished the story and he asks, who was this person's neighbour? The answer Jesus hears is, the one who showed him mercy. And then Jesus responds and said, yes, now go and do the same. So, work on yourself. Let a few people into your life who can guide you in following Jesus. It certainly isn't for the weak or the stupid. Seeing the difference the world needs is one thing. Becoming that difference or contributing towards it being a better place requires commitment and effort. Changing what is happening around you demands you be deliberate in how you act, react and enact in your character. Think of that Gandhi quote from earlier, it's the action, not the fruit of the action that's important. You may never know the results that come from your action, but if you do nothing, there will be no result. So it might not happen immediately, but if you start with the man in the mirror, the world will be a better place and you will have a better life. 
Just ask Gran and Papa. Love you, boys. Gonna feel real good. Gonna make a difference. Gonna make it right. As I turn up the collarbone, my favorite winter coat. This wind is blowing my mind. I see the kids in the street. We're not enough.